how heroic he comes idiot. across. So have you seen what I've been doing on Twitter today? It's horrible, dude. I was trying to I was trying to do you know my incredibly my incredibly important uh, political science work so that I can uh, go into a career of uh, head of regime change at the Central Intelligence Agency or maybe even uh, you know just spying on people at CSIS. Right. And uh, I just open up Twitter for a little study break, and yeah, I just see you. Um, you know, I, I get that you're trying to find, you know, someone who's 2011 to 2015 tweets are on the level of Kyle Kalinske, but I'm sorry, no one else is, is on that man's level. No, no, you miss, but you, I, I see that you've been, you've been going back and you're trying, you, you know, you, you, you did the, the ratio on like Hassan and like <laughs> fucking Pete Buttigieg and, uh. Okay. So what I've been doing is... I have been going back to the very early days of people's Twitter's accounts when they have, like, five likes a post. And I've been ratioing them. It's a simple I mean, I formula. Just, I just hope I get I get uh, famous enough that people are going back to my tweets from right now and ratioing and them. them. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I'll pop off the odd banger that gets double digits, but, like, at, you know, at, at some level, they're not doing numbers because I'm still a relatively small account. You know, I have my 200 mm-hmm. something followers, but that doesn't, you know, pay the bills. And so I hope, you know, when I am, uh, you know, head of global development for the, I don't know, maybe uh, new the new English branch of the CIA once mm. America balkanizes. Right. Once I'm a head of global development, and by global we mean just like trying to unfuck Florida. Um you know, once I'm there, hopefully I'll have, yeah, a bunch of uh, leftoids with their own podcasts that will go back in, into my old tweets and try and ratio me. It's a good idea. Because, yeah, so it started, I found this old tweet by Megan McCain using some pretty explicit sexual imagery. And she, so I decided who did, to... Ra- who was it that she called a DILF? Just some actor. Some, like, like, random you know actor. Sometimes you gotta like you gotta be horny on Maine. like it, it happens to the best of us and also to megan mccain yeah and so like if you know at some point you you gotta just understand that the blue check does not mean you're not a twitter user it's true and like you know that means that sometimes you like to indulge in the odd ratio right and you know i i'm i've been on twitter when sort of the ratio thing kind of started and it used to be that there was like a a disproportionate number of replies to a tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that there were so many replies or quote... Because you couldn't see quote tweets. Like, how many people retweeted or retweeted with comments. Now it makes uh, uh, ratioing even easier. Yeah, and and so now, you know, Twitter has made ratios more accessible. When I think, like, posting a take that is so stupid that enough people take time out of their day to type up a reply and enough people hate it that obviously they don't like the post... I think that is definitely more art than just some annoying, like, you know, some annoying account with th- with 500,000 followers, all of whom have perms, um, just liking this guy whenever he replies to, like, a Playboy Cardi tweet. Albert. Like, and on that note, I'm glad that Albert has been banned off Twitter because, as I, as I stated, he is by far the most annoying account on Twitter. It was funny the first few times. I mean, look, when he... He ratioed a a multi platinum artist when he's just some random asshole on Twitter with no avatar, just Albert and a string of numbers. Like that was he, funny. He's a random asshole on Twitter who's like dunking, not even by saying anything, just being like ratio. 
and then getting all his like fans to just like the post so that he gets more likes like I, I know it's silly to get on my on this platform and make fun of people who care about internet likes but i mean come on playboy cardi is is a an artist he's making things albert is actually uh an artist who's making things he's he's stealing value from these other bigger accounts and mm. people who actually create the value so this is a marxist analysis of albert and i think on that note, um, we're ready to dive into something a little more serious. I just, well, um, quickly on air, I just, before we get into the other Twitter news, I just want to ask, so next week, should I try and ratio Obama, Boris Johnson, or His Royal Highness, uh, the Prince of Wales? See, but I think if you try it, you can't ratio Obama because he, right, like Twitter was a thing after he was president. Right. Okay, so, so I could, I should, okay. You're, you're going to have a very tough time finding posts that Obama has made. With low amounts of likes. With low likes, because he, yeah, he, he was the one who created the, the POTUS uh, Twitter account. Yeah. Right, and he, at some point he flipped a switch that followed back everyone who followed him in a way to get followers. Which, you know, <laughs> that's how it goes, but that's why, like, there's a, like, a furry porn artist. Oh, there are all sorts of those, Obama. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you'll just like you'll be scrolling through and you'll just see that Obama follows them and that because that's what he did he just flipped a switch and followed back everyone that followed him, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, if I had an account that was followed by Obama, and you know, giving me the opportunity to direct message Barack Obama on Twitter, I think is something that the universe would never grant to me because right. I, I have not been deserving of that yeah. that opportunity. But you know the. With with Obama, you're gonna have a tough time. I think with maybe one of the royals, you could go back and find something from like 2011. And then especially because like His Royal Highness will be king, and when he yeah. becomes king, I can say I ratioed him on Twitter. You ratioed the monarch of England. No, 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 on no, no, no. Media. I ratioed the king of Canada on Twitter. That is an achievement, so I think I'll try that. I mean, that's praxis. That's direct action. Yeah, okay, but we know how I feel about these things. Um, anyways, yeah, back to Twitter. Um, I mean, look, this is this is old news at this point, but I, like, I just want your thoughts. I mean, I'm just so disappointed that we, you know, we can't read about what Trump thinks of every single thing that's on his mind anymore. I know, yeah. I it's mean, really... I'm going to miss some of those, like, pre-2015... Uh, Trump's Twitter was just like, you know, you you point and laugh at the Daily <laughs> at young Show based Trump... god. <laughs> you can you give good brain. <laughs> yeah, it's called jeans. <laughs> like, but no, but you would just tune into the Daily Show, and and Donald Trump would have tweeted something silly like, you know, uh, I hate Coca Cola, and they hate me, but I will still keep drinking that garbage. <laughs> or I have never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> like he's. He, if, the funniest Twitter if, account. If if Donald Trump had just stuck to posting, he would be like a very. Rich. I think he honestly, if he would have stayed out of politics, he would be a Jeff Tiedrich. Yeah, he would be replying to just fucking anyone that makes him upset, and just being like, you know what, you're you're fat and ugly. And Except yeah, he would actually be funny, unlike Jeff Tiedrich. Yeah, sir. Uh, this is sir, a this drive-thru. is a Wendy's drive-through. No, but I mean the the fact that they 
that Twitter had to be like, sir, 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 you, you, you did, you did a coup, you did a coup d'etat, and now we have to deplatform you, sir. Until you, until you can grow and learn and delete your cringe posts, we have to deplatform you, sir. And he, obviously he didn't because, you know, he, why, he, he's never deleted a single social media post in his life. Why would he start now? Legend. Yeah. I mean, look, talk about being committed to the bit. The mm -hmm. guy wanted to be on TV and now he has a fucking insurrection. He has a fucking insurgency in the United States. <laughs> he wanted to increase his brand recognition and he ended up president. Yeah, and, and, and not only did he end up president, his future. created created a practically a you know I'm not going to claim that every Trump supporter is you know would be willing to die for him, but if you it's a numbers game. The amount of people that voted for Trump and the amount of people that would willingly lay down their life because they truly believe that what he's doing is right and that he's one of the good elites. You know, like I feel like there's happened. a similar amount with Biden. I'm going to be honest, dude. No one is no one is laying down. The, push comes to shove, no one's laying their life down for Joe Biden. No, I guess they all say they would, and none of them actually no, would. No, they they say like with the the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing, right? When she died, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we're gonna fucking burn everything." Oh down yeah, if they, they try and replace her, we're burning the whole thing down. And then and then they did, and it you just got like a bunch of posts. Yeah. Right, and I'm not saying we do more than posts. I'm saying we also don't. You know, we're not those Twitter leftists that LARP about revolution. No. I have no right? intentions we're not of posting starting a about, revolution. Yeah, we're gonna... You know, we're not posting videos of us standing outside the Capitol building going, yes, my name is uh, redacted, and you know what? I feel like storming the Capitol building because I am a direct threat to national security. Yeah. And I think the Trump supporters are just unhinged enough to do that. And in fact, that's what we saw. So really, through him loving the bird app and him wanting to be more on tv he created an insurrectionary force yeah and you know what if that isn't commitment to the bit i don't know what is yeah and so it's sad that he's gone and i actually genuinely think donald trump had the funniest twitter account oh yeah of all time there was a period of time before before the election i would i would leave notifications for him on just yeah because it was funny to wake up and see what he had tweeted at 3 a.m Oh, here you go, Amy. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Like he, he just, he, like the, you know, the, the one post that they talk about so much on Chapo, the like, uh, sissy Graydon Carter has one problem. <laughs> His Oscar party is no longer hot. Yeah, that was a good and one. Like, I like, I like when Twilight was a thing and he was like getting into the drama, like the Robert Pattinson, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Name? Kristen Bell. He was telling, he was telling, no, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. He was telling Kristen Stewart that, or he was telling Robert Pattinson that Kristen Stewart was cheating on him. Like, there are, like, several Trump tweets about this. Anyways, I mean. Because all he does is, is sit in front of the TV. Yeah. And he just watches what's on. And he doesn't and watch funny shit. He watches Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. Because he wants, he wants to see what all the lovely people are saying about him. The he wants to catch a glimpse of his, uh, his Hollywood star. Exactly. And so, like, you know, he's he's gone, um, and I'm not, look, Twitter, obviously, private business under these conditions can do whatever the fuck they want, but it, it is it is immensely funny to see, like, you know, um, Aaron Thorpe, who's on his, like, fourth Twitter account, and then there's, like, all the people that are complaining that they're being deplatformed. Like, look, if, if there are Twitter users that will just remake 
and have the same amount of followers in three weeks. Like, you gotta just, you gotta get better at that. I mean, Freddie Gibbs got banned off of Instagram for posting just some insane shit on his stories. Just, like, videos of, like, crackheads fighting and stuff. And then he comes back, and it's just every single Instagram picture of him is just him wearing, like, a rabbit mask. Like, like one of those, like, almost like a fursuit. So he just okay. wears this massive rabbit, like, helmet thing in all of his Instagram photos, so you can't for sure say that it's him, because he is still banned. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that the 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 Trump people just have to up their game. They, you know, I think if they were willing to pay me a minimum $600,000 uh, per month, just, you know, for living expenses and, you know, uh, the, the emotional labor of podcasting mm. uh, damages for that, I think I could definitely be tasked with maintaining like a, a sort of alt Trump Twitter, right? Like a, a Trump so you take a account, loss from what Soros gives us. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I'm, I'm so committed to posting. I think I would actually, I think it's more like a public service thing, you know, right. like, you know how some people join the military and they don't do it because it pays well or because like it's their only option, but because they're, they just think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I think that, you know, me being in charge of making a new Twitter account for Trump every day so he can fire off all his posts, um, get tons of engagement. You know, I would obviously get followed by everyone. So that's kind of a win for me. That's and then you promote the, the podcast while you're there. Yeah. And then I'd be like, hey, guys, by the way, listen to my listen to Juno Beach. Uh, we hate the establishment and all the hogs would just eat it up, you know? Yeah. So I think I think, look, um, Mr. Trump, sir, uh, if you're out there. Uh, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> and, also uh, I would notable. I'd love to maintain your burner account for you. I think it's also notable um, that at the same time that they took down Trump, they also took down Red Scare. Um, and I yeah. think it's it. I'm gonna miss those ladies. I know, and and they said on on their mo- or one of their most recent episodes that. It was kind of, it was good. Like, they get their two birds with one stone. That's something that I've been saying, too, I think, to you as well. Well, it's like what they did with the Donald and Chapo Trap House. Like the yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Because what you do is you basically establish a precedent, uh, and then you get the people you're going to use it against to cheer you on. Because what this is doing is handing over the reins of the cultural meta-narrative to, to Mark Zuckerberg and, and Jack Dorsey. So, essentially, you establish a precedent for deplatforming anyone you want for stupid reasons, for political reasons. Um, by deplatforming Trump, and it's inevitably going to be used against the left. But here we are cheering it on, or being like, "Haha!" Now well, you're sk- I, look, seeing I what think, we get. I think Trump getting banned is funny in the same way that, like, you know, someone getting someone like putting an onion to their eyes and then walking up to a camera being like, "I got maced" is funny. It's right? Like, it's funny because it's it's just like him having to deal with the consequences of his actions yeah see i'm of the opinion that he should be removed from office but not removed from twitter oh well of course i mean look if we could if we could hear him talk about sleepy joe for the next eight years right like i the the thing with the early trump tweets is that they have the energy of like the the r or not the rnc but the the cpac like mini mic thing or the, uh, the, all the things about Sleepy Joe. They have that sort of impact, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, political. It's cultural. Yes. Right? Like, he's just... Like, he, he called Graydon Carter a sissy and said that his main problem is that the Oscar party that he hosts every year is no longer hot. Right? That's not affecting politics. Yeah. If we could preserve, you know, the sort of synthesis of the Republican Party 
and Trump's Twitter was what led to this. If you keep the, if you, you know, keep Trump's Twitter separate from the people on the Republican Party that see it as an opportunity to reach out to people, which, you know, that, that ship has already sailed. If we could have just kept politics out of the posting. Yeah. I think we, you know, we would, because we would be able to see, like, maybe he would continue just insulting Ted Cruz if he lost. At Ariana Huffington is unattractive both inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. He made a good decision. 28th of August, 2012. Just 83 like, retweets, 21 likes. He just, he would tweet shit like that, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't, like, you know, we wouldn't be left with the question of who is actually the head of state of the United States right now. Yeah. And you know what? I think that was a, a time period that we kind of took for granted and that is now gone. And that was sort of before exposure to the brain poisoning that is the internet. But I yeah. think, you know, being able to look back and see that indeed Sissy Graydon Carter did have a problem and that his, the problem was this Oscar party was no longer hot. I think we need to appreciate that for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, like, it is sad. I am just really actually just more concerned about the precedent that this sets. Yeah, of course. Because, look, like, they'll... They'll flex the 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 police state apparatus. Will flex its muscle. We'll get a bunch of like cell phone videos of people like getting you know arrested at airports and shit. Which like I find them funny because it's a a double standard being removed. Mm-hmm. You know, like they are finally they're finally feeling the other end of the stick. Yeah, but it, it I. If there were a world where that stick didn't exist, it would be much, much better. Does that make any sense? To an like, extent. I also if, think that people should not be... Like, if you were at that protest and you maybe didn't go inside or something, I don't think you should be arrested. Well, I mean... Fair enough. Look, if, I'm just, if you're, I worry if you about... go inside the Capitol building, I don't want to say you get what's coming to you. And I know there's like the incredibly cold take of like the double standard, yeah. but I, I think like, it's funny to me to watch the, the same, you know, deep state apparatus that was applied to all the organizers in Ferguson who later, you know, turned up dead or, you in know, burned or, like, up cars. Yeah. In burned up cars. Yeah, exactly. To see that apparatus finally used against the other side and watching, you know, not even that, not even them turning up dead and burnt out cars, just like them getting pulled off a plane, mm-hmm. like just stuff like that, or being put on the no fly list. Like the no fly list was a result of the Patriot Act. We're gonna get to that. And having a no fly list that you know, there's like three year old child, like people who were put on there as three year old children. Yeah. Right. Like because they're a Muslim having having lists like that of just these are bad people gives a very you know it, it sort of opens the door to an overreach because you know if they're if they're on the list they they according to i guess some of the more ideological people in the intelligence community would be like yeah if they're on there they're on there for a reason and you know we we treat them as a threat yeah and i i you know again i think it's funny that there's all those public freakouts of like Trump supporters being put on no fly lists and not being allowed to fly back home. I think it's funny because they're finally having the system that they 
used to their advantage for so long and then finally tried to you know kick back against come and you know bite them in the ass yeah schadenfreude for you yeah i just like, i don't like, know yeah. like to me i just I, I i see where you're coming from and i i get it uh it's just i always worry when like people start getting punished for having opinions and obviously there are opinions that are beyond the pale but um it's just it's something that that does worry me but let's talk about this domestic terrorism for a little bit because I mean, because Biden Biden was one of the first co-sponsors. The, he was one of the first Democrats to get on board with the Patriot Act. Just oh, like he, he described it as Demo- his. Yeah, he was one of the first Democrats to get on board yeah. with the Iraq War. I mean, he was one of the shittiest. You know, I, I think Rhino and Dino are kind of silly terms because you know people vote how they want, but he really is like the most Republican Democrat. Yeah, I would disagree with that. I think he's a very Democratic Democrat. Fair enough. Um, but no, so I, I would say I would say early two thousands. Biden is definitely very Republican Democrat. Could be, um, pro Bush Democrat is how he was described. But anyway, so so there have been ever since the the riot at uh, Capitol Hill. I refuse to call it an insurrection or a coup attempt because those are stupid terms. Um, ever since no, the they riot... just let them have their temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. Ever since the riot at Capitol Hill, um, there have been calls for Joe Biden to sort of expand the Patriot Act or sort of add extra security stuff to it. And we'll get to what that is, but I'm sure you've heard terms like Patriot Act, you the listener, thrown around a lot. Um, But if you actually, like, there are not a lot of people who actually know what the Patriot Act is or what it does. Um, it basically, it was, uh, it is a bill that was, continues to be passed and like, it was passed and continues to be Well, yeah, they, ju- they just keep renewing it. They yeah, got they it right. Renewing. They got, or there's, there's look, certain they, aspects of it that have to be renewed and they renew it every time. I'll they got that. their expansion of emergency powers post 9-11 and they just got it right the first time. So they haven't had to really touch it since then. But now they will. So essentially, yeah, it's, it's a, a security bill, I guess you could say. Um, which gives intelligence agencies pretty sweeping powers. So, yeah, there are three parts on there that that are the most controversial, and as a result of a compromise with some people who are kind of anti-Patriot Act, they have to be renewed every five years by Congress, and they are, every time. Um, They were renewed under Bush and Obama. I don't know if it's every five years anymore, but it was originally. Um, And so, yeah, Biden claims it's his own. So these three acts uh, are sections 215, 206, and 207. And so... These are really messed up. So Section 215 allows the government to access essentially the business interactions and economic interactions of people who they suspect of terrorism. Not people who have been arrested under terrorism charges, not with a a warrant, but if they suspect them of of being terrorists or having inclinations towards doing an act of terrorism. Um, And so uh, a lot of... so, So this is worrying for a few reasons. If you remember Snowden... Uh, and what he leaked, which was essentially that the NSA was tapping every phone in the country, or something close to it. Uh, they were, you know, working with companies like Verizon to listen in on phone conversations, look at phone records, who called who, uh, etc. Um, that was because of the Patriot Act. That was made legal because yeah, of the Patriot Act. That was, they were well within their rights to do that from the get-go. It was just Snowden that made it public. Yeah. Um, it also lets them look at what books you get out from the library. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but then if you think, like, maybe you're a bit of an ideologue, maybe you're reading a bit of Marx, 
or, or if you're on the other end of the spectrum, but if you have Ola, although I wouldn't really maybe maybe we'll we'll say if... maybe you're reading some Lenin, or or you know something maybe a little bit more revolutionary. Yeah, and, and by the way, the if you read really Avola, doesn't like then you deserve to get surveilled. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is it basically without creating uh, a burned book list or like a some sort of Fahrenheit four five one type of like, ideological blacklist for books without officially doing that, it basically does. Um, well, yeah, because they can just see what you're taking out, and, you know, if, if someone... They don't need to, because it would be so much more effort to police every single book than it is to have a little red flag that goes off every time yeah, someone Yeah, because I'm sure be it done. works in the opposite way as well. Like, just as they can find a person and look at what books they're reading, I'm sure that they can find a book and look, what people are, and look at what people are reading them. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing that is... A very new issue. Um, have you ever had proctoring software during your university exams? Uh, thankfully, I mean, other people at my university had to yeah. for their courses. Thankfully, I only had take-homes and uh, like final reports and stuff, so I right. didn't ever have a. Uh, I didn't ever have like the proctoring software, but yeah, I mean, it's no surprise to me that all that stuff gets cracked wide open by just any old hacker, because like. Oh, the companies that. that are getting paid to make the proctoring software are they're they're these sort of middleman like education companies in the same way that like you know Nelson or all those other companies provide textbooks mm-hmm. they provide the sort of proctoring and the, the the tools for remote learning yeah you know it's it's like to use a more topical example companies that make the proctoring software are like the sort of online schooling equivalent of like those companies in Britain, that one company in Britain that's responsible for providing like the free meals to the children, mm. you know, and how they're like bagging up the tuna in these fucking coin bags and all this. I don't yeah. know if you, if you saw this, this was getting posted this morning, but no, they're just a sort of middleman company that exists to make money for the people that run it. And so that they get to feel good about themselves that they're, you know, yeah, okay. helping with logistics. So essentially what proctoring is, is making sure somebody doesn't cheat on a test. And so there's all sorts yeah, of software it, to make sure that you don't do that when you're doing tests on your I computer mean, look, at home. I, some of the, the, ma- the games that I play, you know, I, I know, um, Valorant has a very in-depth kernel level anti-cheat. And yeah. That's the same level. It's pretty much, it can read every time you're accessing what the CPU is doing. Right. And th- that's what the proctoring software Well, and it goes further than that as well. Because it listens. It listens well, out yeah, of your, listens. your microphone. It looks you, out of your, your web camera at you. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there were issues in the beginning because it was racist. Like, they only used white people for their facial recognition models, which is actually a huge problem in facial well, recognition. Yeah, it's, it's like the Twitter cropping algorithm and how it always crops towards like the lightest part of the image. Yeah. And so you would have those people that would like post these squares of like a bunch of black people and one white person and the image would always corp- would always crop towards the white person. Yeah. Um and so yeah. Uh so um but there are other problems because yeah, essentially it's got facial recognition software and it has complete access to your computer. It listens out of your computer, it looks out of your computer. And it is also subject to the Patriot Act. Like, all of that information, your facial recognition data, which goes into a database that a lot of these proctoring programs have, um, it goes, it's directly accessible 
by U.S. intelligence. So, essentially, there are times, and it doesn't matter if you're Canadian, right? Like, there are times when, if, if somebody's being surveilled, I remember a few uh, months ago, maybe, or maybe last year, um, or the year before last, I guess, there was somebody in Kingston who was being, like, surveilled uh, in cooperation between Canada and America for uh, suspecting that they were, he was going to do terrorism. And if they suspect that, then they basically have complete access to your computer. Um, not only to your computer, but uh, to video of you. Um, and they have that facial recognition stuff, so it's easier to catch you if you're going across the border. And, like, yeah, okay, that's good if you've got a warrant or something, if there's reason to believe that you're actually planning to blow something up. But there's no, this isn't necessary at all. Right? They can use this for simple... Like, they, they can use this for dissidents if they want to. They can say, this person's read a lot of Lenin. Uh, he might want to blow something up sometime. So we're going to watch him. Uh, this person is trying to unionize at a company that we contract with a lot for in our defense industry. So we're going to watch him. Um, you know, this person uh, has shown up at a lot of... Black Lives Matter protests and queer liberation protests. So we're going to watch them, watch her, right? Like, it's it's really, they can do whatever they want to anyone. Um, and it's all legal because of this. And so then, but it gets, it, it goes further. So there's this other roving wiretap provision, section 206, which allows the government to tap every device a person uses, right? Their landline, their cell phone, their laptop, etc., with just one approval from the Foreign Intelligence Service Court. So not, like, a normal judge, but essentially a judge specifically for intelligence agencies, um, which is apparently famously permissive. Um, and then uh, the final one, Section 207, which is called the Lone Wolf Provision, allows the government to surveil somebody who might be engaged in international terrorism, even if they're not actually connected to any terrorist group. So they can basically just say, oh, well, this person might be doing something abroad, uh, and so we are going to watch them and apply all these draconian surveillance, like, China level of surveillance stuff to them. Um, and... Well, yeah, I mean, look, the U.S. surveillance state operates the same way the Chinese surveillance state operates. It's just people it's just complain that, about it less. Yeah, well, people complain about the American one because they've successfully, you know, they had 9-11, which, you know, I, I don't think any sort of counterintelligence would have stopped but they had a sort of they had plenty they of counterintelligence a, on 9-11 and they didn't stop it anyways well yeah exactly so they they had this event that everyone remembers you know despite the fact that the co the daily covid death toll is projected to be around double 9-11 every single day that doesn't matter but they had their big you know, terrorism moment that they've managed to scare pretty much an entire generation and then normalized it to the next generation. I mean, how many people our age make jokes about like their, their CIA or their FBI agent watching them? Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's funny. Even here in Canada. It, it just means it's been normalized to us. Like, yeah, of course the government listens to all your shit. Yeah. Like it, it's just a part of life. Oh, but then when China does it, Oh, those evil commies. Well, or when China tries to do it to us. Yeah. Like, would you rather the data be collected, filtered through a third party that then sells it to China, or would you rather China just come and take it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, and so the Privacy and Civil Liberty Liberties Oversight Board of the government of the United States of America found... The, the, here's a direct quote from them. Well, the te- where the telephone records collected by the NSA under its Section 215 program have provided value, they have done so primarily in two ways. The first is by offering additional leads regarding the contacts of terrorism suspects already known to investigators, which can help investigators confirm suspicions about the target of an inquiry or about persons in contact with that target. But our review suggests that the Section 215 program offers little unique value here, instead largely duplicating the FBI's own information-gathering efforts. The second is by demonstrating that known foreign terrorism suspects do not have U.S. contacts or that known terrorist plots do not have a U.S. nexus. We have not identified a single instance involving a threat to the United States in which the telephone records program made a concrete difference in the outcome of a counterterrorism investigation. Moreover, we are aware of no instance in which the program directly contributed to the discovery of a previously unknown terrorist plot or the disruption of a terrorist attack. And we believe that in only one instance over the past seven years has the program arguably contributed to the identification of an unknown terrorism suspect. In that case, moreover, the suspect was not involved in planning a terrorist attack, and there is reason to believe that the FBI may have discovered him without the contribution of the NSA's program. So essentially, what this is saying is that it's not only is it redundant, it's not effective at all. So it is essentially this massive violation of all your civil rights if you're American, uh, and even if you're not. Um that provides absolutely no value in actually stopping terrorism. Well, yeah, and so the the line from, you know, the security experts, you know, there's that one, uh, I believe she's a congresswoman who's ex-CIA. Mm. Who, well, <laughs> the CIA doesn't let anyone be their exes, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Notably, Tucker who, Carlson and Anderson Cooper are both probably still CIA Who is claiming that, you know, we, we lived through 9-11, we lived through the Iraq War, um, there's still troops in Afghanistan. Who fucking cares? But we need to focus on our division, and that's the real threat, right? Yeah. So we need to focus on domestic terrorism. And, you know, if there's one thing that is scarier than a a police state in another country, it's a police state sort of coming home. And I know that this is really sort of tired, but this really is just the, the frontier coming home. Right, like this is, these are the practices of counterinsurgency that the U.S. practices in all the countries that it's invaded, that it's now using on its own people Mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, they're not posting about wanting to decapitate the vice president. Although, you know, they didn't get that far. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, this is where it was always going to go. It was... This is just sort of them turning on their heels and saying, oh, well, you know, we've realized um, over the course of the last 20 years that, no, there really isn't a, a foreign, a legitimate foreign terrorism threat, that it, like an existential threat. But the real existential threat is actually just like... Dissidents. Just, yeah, dissidents. Well, not, not People who disagree dissidents. with I us. Mean, I think calling it that at this stage, is that's a bit premature. I'm sure it will move to that. But I think, like, they're scaring people with, guys, they, they literally attempted to take over the government. Mm-hmm. And unless you give the government more power, we're, we might just go away. And, you know, we wouldn't want that, would we? You know, yeah. then it'd be anarchy. 
right? Yeah. So this was always going to happen. It's just now we're watching it in real time as they turn on their heels and turn the police state inwards. Yeah. I mean, look, like, fucking Brace Belden is on the DHS records. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this before. Like, a, a, a fellow podcaster... Is who fought for the YPG in Syria? Was was the YPG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people's Protection fought for the Universe. YPG in Syria, and because of so, the YPG's, aka, he fought against ISIS. By the way, yeah, if you because don't know. of the YPG's very weird um, classification by the the U.S. military, he right when the the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, Brace was like the the common thread that they would try to arrest members of well not members of antifa but like black lives matter protesters and like black block you know yeah using black block tactics they were trying because brace belden is connected to leftist circles as are the circles of leftist protesters yeah brace belden has the foreign connection so they would try they were trying to have all these people arrested pretty much as members of the ypg and he literally fought isis at a time when the YPG was still a U.S. ally. So, you know, that's I mean, just look, how it goes. You, that, this is what happens when you, you fund a group of freedom fighters to fight the terrorists that you funded to fight the terrorists that you funded to fight the terrorists that you funded It really be your own homies, huh? And Trust like, nobody, not even yourself. You know, uh, I just remember uh, Brace was posting about it and how he the last thing he expected was to see his own name in a DHS briefing. I think it, it was leaked by Ken Klippenstein, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so the last thing that he inspected was to see his name alongside the YPG, terrorism, and Antifa in the in this intelligence briefing. But, I mean, you know, giving... The one thing that the Patriot Act doesn't really have provisions for is a sort of domestic terror threat. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So you can you can be prosecuted for you know such crimes as being from syria but if you're a member of like a a white supremacist if you're timothy mcveigh militia yeah if you're a member of a white supremacist armed militia they can't really nail you for it it's a lot harder like they, to yeah well they can't get you on the patriot act they can you know just charge you for whatever dumb shit you end up doing like plotting to kidnap the governor of michigan and take her fishing <laughs> <laughs> i mean and you know the 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 thing about the word terrorism, you know, it, it's it's very vulnerable to political exploitation. Yeah, look at you how know, what like, they've been doing to Antifa. I will just, Malcolm, sir, you are doing a terrorism, and all of a this sudden, is emotional terrorism. I can't believe you'd call me out like that. No, right, but like it's right, it's so now we both like, got the deep state on our asses. All you got, it's like what's happening right now, where Cuba's being. Uh, labeled by the U.S. as a state sponsor of terrorism. They're trying to do it to Iran well, yeah, as well. They're saying that, that there's an Al-Qaeda they... base in Iran and that Iran helped do 9-11. Of course, Iran is a Shia theocracy and the Al-Qaeda are Sunnis, uh, which, by the way, is a, a pretty big difference. Um, they only managed to coexist in Iraq because it was, like, mutually beneficial. And, like, hardly even. Like, that was a lot yeah. of the problems in Iraq was that it was... Uh, a Shia majority country led by a Sunni dictator. Um, but yeah, so there's there's Shias don't really do terrorism in the same way that Sunnis do. Like when they're ideological extremists, like Iran doesn't really do uh, 
terrorism because the idea of like martyring yourself is a bit different um because a lot of okay so essentially i i forget how exact like which side was which but there was a disagreement in early islam over whether uh it should be led by muhammad's like nephew or best friend or something like that um or brother i i forget exactly what it was anyways they split um, and there was gonna be a big battle about it, Shias versus Sunnis, and, uh, the entire- all of the Sunnis showed up, and then, like, 13 Shias showed up, and they went and did the battle anyways, and lost. And a lot of their big, um, you know, a lot of their- their culture is around the fact that the, they lost the battle. Uh, and, like, next time everyone's gonna show up for the battle, we need to be ready. Um, and so, by the way, yeah, Shias hate Sunnis, but also, um, because- they're like you achieve glory like by losing you don't win by dying so you mean to tell me that they're democrats <laughs> yeah anyways i don't i'm not really i i i'm vaguely remembering learning about this i didn't script this because i didn't intend to talk about this uh and i might be getting this completely wrong but this is sort of why I, how i'm remembering why shias don't do jihad um anyways Iran is not a terror state in the same way that Saudi Arabia is, in the same way that Libya was, uh, in the same way that, um, well, I'm sorry, but TikTok user at Islamic communism is not having any of your Moha, of your, uh, Gaddafi slander. Oh, shoot. Look, the only thing Gaddafi did right was his policy on Switzerland. Um, Which was? Oh, you divide the you give the French part to France, the Italian part to Italy, and the German part to Germany and Austria. So, so he Polandizes it. Yeah, you Polandize Switzerland. Yeah, no more radical centrism. Yeah, he was. He was typically he was a radical, if you're like a actually typically fascist like Gaddafi and Hitler just hated Switzerland. Hitler famously hated Switzerland, and I'm not going to call Gaddafi the same type of fascist that Hitler was, obviously, but he was. That's a hot take by me, but he was. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, terrorism is a really, as weird as it sounds, subjective yeah. word. Um, and you even see, like, more aligned towards our side of the aisle, people calling the, the people who stormed Capitol Hill terrorists. And they're, not, they're not, they're just rioters. Look, I think, I, I, I'm maybe inclined to disagree with you on this, because they were actually attempting to you know, through violence directly on the state influence policy. Well, some I mean, of them look, were. It was, some it was of for a were. fucking stupid reason. But yeah, like, the people that were in the Capitol building and, you know, the the woman that... I, I really don't know how to phrase this. Got fucking air-holed by the Secret Service. Oh my god. Uh, look, like, they, they were there because they wanted to stop the steal. I think, and like, the zip-tie is... guy definitely... And they were all there because they wanted to stop the steal... But I think a lot of them just saw that the cops were letting them in and were like, okay, I'll go in. I mean, there was that one uh, tech CEO that was like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to see what all the what all the fuss was about. Yeah. I just I just peeked my head in, you know? It, yeah, it and so I think, like, my sure. Life, but like, I just wanted to see what was going on. Zip tie guy could definitely be described as a terrorist, but, like, the, Q, the QAnon shaman? I don't know. I think... He Q, might be. Well, I would Q just shaman, be more hesitant. Like, based on... Based on what he was saying about the event, I think you can, you know, I'm not saying lock him up for his posts, but, like, what he was saying about the event compounded with the fact that he was there 
right? He, this is the most exposure that dude's ever had. Mm -hmm. And remember, we got that one day of everyone thirsting over him. God, that was awful. That was horrible. Not only is is it weird to thirst over a fascist, he's also literally not hot. He looks like he smells so bad. He looks, well... He looks like shit. And he's got fascist tattoos. Yeah, he, he, but he's one of those, again, he's one of those weird, like, Nordic fascists. Yeah, and oh, and like also he, his voice is really annoying. Yeah. Anyways, we the, don't need yeah, to get he, into he that. He has, like, a super, like, he has such a tough guy look, but he has such a soy voice, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, anyways, we don't need to get into that. But, yeah. um, uh, he, yeah, total soy. Um, so, yeah, uh, anyways, I think the point stands that terrorism is super subjective. I think even us having a debate over who isn't isn't a terrorist. Here it sort of shows that. And so there actually have been attempts in Congress to introduce a domestic terror statute, but they haven't made it out of committee. Um, so in 2019, um, Adam Schiff, uh, who is a Democrat, a California Democrat, I think he's been famous for something recently, I just don't remember what, uh, introduced legislation that would allow certain crimes to be prosecuted as domestic terrorism if they were aimed at intimidating civilians, influencing government policy by intimidation or coercion, or violently disrupting government business. But uh, various civil liberty groups, such as the ACLU, opposed the bill because they said it would give broad discretion to the Attorney General to decide when to prosecute offenses as terrorism, right? Because it's subjective. Uh, and, And the ACLU even went so far as to say that the law would essentially make dissent illegal in the United States uh, and would be used probably to target minorities and environmental activists. Um, I think, notably, if it had been around last summer, property damage from the Black Lives Matter protests would have counted as domestic terrorism. Um, And I think it's going to pass. There's no reason why it wouldn't. I think the, you know, there might be, it's going to be one of those bills that passes with, like, the same eight people criticizing it. Bernie. Like, I don't think uh, Tulsi is going to be a fan of it. Yeah, but she I doesn't get she'll... to vote anymore. Yeah, Tulsi's going to hate it. Yeah. Uh, Bernie's going to hate it. The squad's going to vote for it. Um, I think that remains to be seen. But again, I think they're going to vote for it just because, you know, they they also have gone like, yeah, we need, you know, to strengthen our anti-terror yeah. in the wake of this tragedy. I mean, this is going to be impeaching used. Trump is one thing, but... You know, we're, we're just handing more and more powers to the police state. Yeah. It's very cool. No, like, the, the Capitol Hill riot's going to be used for the next 50 years to justify them doing whatever they want. Yeah, because any they, authoritarian because they need to fight domestic terrorism. This is, in a weird way, the Reichstag fire. I mean, there was, it was, it was Sean Vids that tweeted that, right? Like, where he was like... I don't know, I don't know who Sean Vids is. I don't really he, watch BreadTube. He's not. He's not really a bread. Okay, he's he's just, you said vids, and so YouTube. I assumed. Yeah, like he's on YouTube, but mm. he's not like a bread tuber. He's not like Vosh. He's not. <laughs> he doesn't tactically deploy the N word in debates to get Nazis onto his side, no. or tactically deploy uh, child pornography to get libertarians on his side. Yeah, I mean he. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, sorry. It's tactical deployment of the N word that Vosh uses, but he's actually into the CP stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, all hypothetical and, you know, non-actionable. Uh, Vosheviz legal team, please just leave us alone. We but, don't make um, any money off of this. You can't sue us. Yeah, Fuck so you. we... It's not the, slander, uh, and it's not libel because he's a public figure. And he said it and, all. And so the, um, 
but he, he pretty much tweeted like, yeah, if only there were some other precedent for people storming a government building, destroying it, and then blaming the left. Oh, well, looks like we're flying blind here. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the blaming the left did not really work. But I, I yeah, think they, the fact... Oh, they tried it. They like, tried, and it like, didn't really people work. People like Matt Geitz or whatever his fucking last name is pronounced. Oh, even Tiffany it. Trump. Tiffany Trump said Ashley it just, Babbitt. It just did not stick. Tiffany Trump said Ashley Babbitt was Antifa. But, um... I mean, if if there's any chance that she was, I just want to say uh, rest in peace to our fallen comrade who was uh, out, you know, doing direct action and building dual power. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, like gonna, I, we're I think have a it's... celebratory Zoom call in our in our DSA chapter. Oh my god. Oh my god. That that is incredibly funny and also just completely soul crushing. Um, I mean, dude, if someone, if if a, like notable. You know, I'm not saying that the people who died in the protest weren't notable, but if a notable DSA member died, that's what they would do. Celebratory And then call. two weeks later, we'd find out that they were a sex pest. Well, it's the DSA. They all are. Yeah. That's also not slander or libel because... It, it's not directed figures. against any one person. It's not directed against any we're one person, fun and of if it is... the multitude of actual stories of, of sexual harassment and abuse that have come out of the Democratic Socialists of America. We're not saying that any current... Or future members are specifically sex pests. But you're also public figures. Anyways. This uh, is all also non-actionable. Yeah, because we don't make any money off of this. Um, so, yeah, the... Uh, um, I, I, I think, like... Oh, I don't even remember what I was saying. No, okay, so I think it's sort of like the Reichstag fire in the sense that, yes, the right wing did it, and it will be used to completely crack down on the left because... I don't know about you. I think that the Trump thing is going to dry up in a few election cycles, like the Tea Party thing did. Yeah. Uh, um, and well, I the think... Tea Party just synthesized with the Republicans. Exactly, so I and the I think that the going to happen where they're going to, you know, obviously the Republicans like Mitt Romney that are trying to save their careers at this point can't begin to rehabilitate the, those Republicans now. But I think yeah, we're going to see a synthesis of. Trump Republicans into the Democrat, er, in, <laughs> into the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, when it and, becomes politically convenient, when they need to whip up a base for a, a big, like an election that, you know, they want to win rather than lose and influence policy. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, no, I, when I they think... they want the presidency instead of the House and the Senate. And inevitably, yeah, like all security, like the Trump people are not, as weird as it sounds because they have the riot, like, they are not a threat to the state anymore. Like, they might be right now, but soon enough they will not be. Um, uh, whereas the left, even if it's not, even if it's somebody like AOC, um, who is, no matter what anyone says or thinks, completely not a threat to the state, um, will, like... It'll always be you like the state will always see these people as threats, and every security apparatus will be turned not towards the Trump people, even though it'll be justified uh, by their actions. It will be turned towards even people, even if we were American, like you or I, who are completely peaceful, um, have no intentions of blowing anything up or k-wording any politicians, uh, and simply have the audacity to voice their opinions. Right, like, well, yeah. That's how it always, always goes every single time, uh, and so I, I mean, I'm lucky. I think we're both lucky to live in a liberal democracy in a rather much than a more liberal functional dictatorship. Liberal democracy. Yeah, 
Um, and 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 so. You know, yeah, one where we're I... not sitting around scratching our heads as to who the actual head of state is. I know exactly who the head of state is. It's your mom, lol. Yeah. It's the entire country's mother. Donald J. Trump. Yes. He suckled me when I was just a newborn. Whoa. All right. I. You know what? I'm yeah, not what doubling did you... down on this bit. I, I, think we... I can, can we, like, stop that before you actually start? Yeah, I'm not. No, don't worry. I'm I was just gonna say, Her Majesty book. Elizabeth II, by the grace of God of the United Kingdom, Canada, and her other realms and territories, Queen, Head of the Commonwealth, and Defender of the Faith. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, she's she's really cool. Uh, she didn't do that, but uh, yeah, still a uh, great lady. Wow, I never I never thought I'd hear the day. All right, or live to see the day. Okay, <laughs> um, I think that's just about all we've got. A bit of a shorter episode today. Is there anything else you yeah. want to talk about? Uh. Not really. There's Sopranos discourse, but again, it's it's been a week and a half on Twitter since the last Sopranos discourse. So it's just people saying, yeah, uh, Sopranos glorifies toxic masculinity. I think I could um, run faster than Tony Soprano. I mean, look, I, I don't like to voice my approval of The Sopranos. I think it's a good show, but I think it normalizes men going to therapy, which is uh, something I'm dead set against. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. For that reason, I can't publicly endorse it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is, it's just a show, you know, and of course the toxic masculinity never affects anyone else in the show. It's obviously portrayed as a good thing. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, because, you know. Critical support for toxic masculinity. Despite everything, dudes rock. Dudes rock. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Until then, I've been Malcolm. I've been Declan. Uh, And thank you very much for listening.